headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, Ken Coleman, number one best-selling author, host of the Ken Coleman Show. Ramsey Personality is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. The number is 888-825-5225. 888-825-5225. Scott starts this hour in Springfield, Illinois. Hey, Scott, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. It's an honor to be talking to you and Ken. Um, I, I appreciate you guys and what you do, and um, I'll get right to my question. Okay. So I don't hold you guys up. Um, my question is me, me and my wife and my five kids, uh, we, we have a 40 acre farm and a log cabin that we just recently sold. It's under contract. We signed the papers January 19th. What we're looking to do is with the cash we get from that, we plan on building, uh, a new place over on an acre and a half that we were gifted. And we're trying to figure out where to put the money and why we build and the build would start you know, January 19th closing. So more or less we would try to be in there by September 1st is the goal to have everything done and built. I'm being general contractor. Um, and just trying to figure out where we can put that money to have best access to it. You're going to use the money to build with. Yes. Use the money. Uh, we have no debt. We have no, we, we have no debt at all. Okay. We are our farm and cabin and everything we have now, thanks to you guys. So if I'm understanding what, you, you're going to use up the majority of the money by September. Yes, correct. Okay. Correct. So you're going to draw down on it beginning almost immediately. And, yeah, uh, you know, as you put in footings and start to lay block and uh, start to order your lumber package, which is, as you know, is your one of your big ticket items. So, I mean, in the first 60 days, you're going to come out of pocket with a ton right? Yes. Correct. Correct. Yes. That's how building budget works. So yeah. Um, yeah, I would just lay out your budget and, uh, you know, high yield savings account, a money market is something like that. It doesn't matter because you're not going to have the money in there. Basically you're going to have the equivalent of half this money in there for nine months, three quarters of a year. So if something's paying 5%, you're going to make the equivalent of 2% or two and a half percent to down to about one and a half percent. So, uh, net, net, net is the net. That's the net dollars you're going to earn because you're only going to be in there nine months and only half the money's going to be in there. Cause you're going to be drawing down on it through there. You follow me? Yes. yes so the, what you are, my point is what you earn on, it doesn't matter much having solid access to it does and having it in a separate account that you nickname building fund does. So high yield savings account, money market with check writing privileges. That's fine. So you can write your checks and pay your bills, right? Okay. Yes, because because what I'm seeing around here is I'm seeing like four point five. Yeah, uh, on but that, high yield savings. Yeah, but it's savings. again, you're not going to make four point five because you're not going to be in there a whole year with the whole pile, pile of money. Okay, you I, understand I, if you're taking that. it out. If, let's say you took it out over twelve months, the average would be half the pile through the twelve okay. months. You follow me? Yes, sir. And so the average would be half of four and a half percent net that you're actually making on the pile. So. Um, the, the, the point of all that is when you add up the actual dollars, it's not going to be a lot. You just want it safe and you want to be as wise as you can. So the, the important thing yeah. here is check writing privileges, access to it, to follow the building budget and the cash flow needed. And, um, 
you know, so a money market with check writing privileges if at your local bank. If you found one four and a half and they've got check writing privileges to be able to pay the bills and be able to transfer money to your lumber company and so on, then you're right on track. That's exactly what I'd do. Good question, man. Sounds like you're living the dream. Congratulations. Yeah, exciting, isn't it? To hear a young couple, because you can tell he's young, and they're going to cash flow a, a build. And I think that's pretty amazing. That, to me, is the American dream. I hear all this stuff all the time. Oh, can we get ahead? And the fan, the, the answer is you can. But you got to be disciplined. you got to be debt-free, because he's got lots of options. Jim is in Hawaii. Hey, Jim, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Aloha. Aloha. What's up, man? <laughs> well, I, uh, my wife and I are in a dilemma, and we're trying to figure out if it makes sense for us to sell our home in paradise and move to Florida. I've got details, but I don't want to give them to you until you're ready. So fire away with your questions to help us figure this out. It's funny. Hawaii's paradise, and we've got to move to Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which Yankees from New York think Florida's paradise. Okay. Now... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to move most? So why are you moving? Uh, primarily for, um, we could sell our house for 2.5 and buy a house there for about 1.5, put a million in the bank. We're debt free. She's retired. I'm not. So we'd save on state income tax, put some money in the bank and earn more money that way. Uh, local politics kind of drive us crazy and the cost of living keeps going up in Hawaii. Yeah. Well, if that was me, I'd be going to Florida. Yeah, <laughs> if those were my answers, that'd be enough. Yeah, that that sounds like a, you know, like you've got a lot of math reasons to leave. And the sad thing is, Hawaii, as wonderful as it is, um, is the third, is in the number three state that people are leaving. Number one's New York, number two's California, and number three's Hawaii. And the reason they're leaving all three of them are exactly what you've outlined: taxes and politics. Financially, I don't want to go back into debt, and yeah. our the rest of our money is tied up in other areas. So the only way we can really do it is to sell, and we don't feel emotionally ready to leave. And so we can't find an emotional way to unhook ourselves. And You've been there a long time. Back into debt, there's no financial solution either. Other than You've been there a long time. In Hawaii? We've yeah. been there... 15 years and you didn't leave the state left you mm-hmm. you didn't change that's right I, I i wonder jim how many more times you have to pay those taxes how many more times you have to see some type of politics that you just really don't align with before your emotions do get ready i got a buddy of mine just moved out of california happen. and he paid cash for a house in nashville uh-huh. he's been in california his whole life mm-hmm. he paid cash for a house in nashville with his income tax savings in one year one year of income tax savings from california just getting out and he makes a lot of money obviously but um you know one year's one year with no california income tax bought him a cash house in nashville that's that's why people are leaving i mean it's math and it, it does it does pierce through the emotions so i get why you would leave um i also understand it's a beautiful wonderful place and um and it's hard to leave home and it's home for you so uh th- those are decisions you guys have to make as a couple uh the emotional part of it mathematically I, if i'm you i'm gone uh, i get why my buddy moved out of california again he paid cash with one years of tax savings you know bonkers art laffer tracked this years ago the states that have an income tax and particularly high income tax have uh the highest rate of exodus yeah 
and it's gotten worse and worse and worse every year. And those three states with the COVID policies, the, when the Fauci pandemic hit and um, the policies around that and the crazy politics and the lawlessness and everything else, people are bailing, man. It's crazy. And it's sad because they're wonderful states. The actual geography is wonderful. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Bethany is with us in Dallas, Texas. Hi, Bethany. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I'm doing great. Good. How can we help? Hey, so my husband and I both work for my dad. Um, He owns a hardware and feed store. And um, we, you know, he's owned it for 16 years. So I've worked on and off just through middle school and high school. Um, And then now we both run the store full time. Um, We make about 34,000 each a year. And then Ivan, my husband, makes nineteen with um, the VA income, and so collectively we make eighty-seven thousand. Um, so instead of a raise the last few years, he has given us one um, percent of the store's, um, I guess, value. Um, if, if the store would ever sell, we would get X percentage of the sell price. Um, and so right now we have three percent, and we. So sorry, backstory: we're debt free. Um, we are in the middle of building our home, um, and so our home loan total is two ninety two. Um, we were able to buy the land in cash, um, and so we have own sorry about an acre and a half, and um, everything else is paid for. We have our um, six month savings saved up, um, and so uh, kind of I guess our big question is: we've been listening to the Ramsey show, and we hear all these crazy numbers of combined income, and I know you're not supposed to compare, but I do. Um, and so we live comfortably. We have three kids. Um, we're able to pay all of our bills with the home loan. We're going to be able to pay that off soon. But whenever you look at our income, it's significantly lower than a lot of people. Um, and so, but we have the, the percentage in the store. So the big question is, do we stick with the store to where when dad retires in about 10 years, we already have 15% um, in it? Or do we look for something that has a higher income, um, but then you would, we wouldn't own the store? So I don't know. We're kind of we're torn, and there's some days that we're like, yeah, it's worth it in the long run, and then some days it's like, but man, it'd be cool to pay off the house in three to four years instead of ten years. Or I don't know. So it's, my question is, what's the long run look like with real numbers, and is it really worth it? I'm not questioning as I don't think it is. I'm asking you What's if the you played that worth? out. What's yeah. the store worth? Why is it worth it? The the store, why is it worth it personally or financially? No, what's financially? the store worth? What's the value of the store if he sold the it today? The value of the store today would be between 2.5 and 3 million. 
Okay. So 1% is $25,000. Right. And so this year we would have three. How did you come up with that value? That's what he's gone by. Um, And so he just did a reevaluation of everything too. And the bank said, hey, you're, we are worth between 2.5 and three. Does that Um, include real estate? That includes real estate, and that's just the hardware store. So he also owns like a bed and breakfast around the corner and et cetera. Well, the question um, is, are you going to get all of that? Are you the only kid? The only kid that wants it. So my brother has no interest in any of it, and so he's told Yeah, but are you going to have to buy your brother out of his share? No. Okay. All right. So, well, $25,000 a year on top of thirty-four. Are on right. top of uh, that, that that helps your income. Basically, that's what one percent's worth, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so then you just ask yourself: Is that, that is that home? could he hire a manager, a couple of managers for thirty four thousand apiece plus twenty five bonus? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Yeah, because it's just me and my husband that yeah. that manage the store, and then there's a couple high school kids that. Yeah. Come and help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, don't know. I don't, what does the country. store? What does the store yeah. make? What's the profit on it? Couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Okay. Well, hold on. No, I'm not going to waste your time with me. That's okay. That's okay. Um, well, I, I, I'm not questioning your contentment, or they, or whether that's fair or not. It, it's just a matter of is this a fair deal to you. And that's really what you're asking. And the fair deal to you is the, the answer to that is the math for me it mm-hmm. is, is the, per, I don't think he's giving you enough percentage per year to make me excited. If I'm you, he okay. needs to up this to 5% a year to where after 10 years, you own 50%. Okay. That makes sense. I'd be excited about that. Oh, and by the way, as I own more percentage, that percentage of the profit comes to me each year because I'm one of the owners. Mm -hmm. I don't own 25% and you keep 100% of the profit. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I think you just need to talk to your dad about because his intent is not to run you off. Right. And his intent is not to be cheap. He just hasn't thought it through. And you're going, Dad, when I think this through, the numbers don't make sense to us. 5% 5% a year would make sense to us. And so you're saying at the end of the year, say we own 3%. He should we give you 3% a, of the profits and mm-hmm. 5% of ownership. Yeah. It's like a dividend payment. Gotcha. I have a question. If you own 10%, you'd get 10% of the profits. And, you know, uh, now we're talking that's fairly generous. You get yeah. 10% of the profits and 5% more ownership each year. But each year he bonuses you 5% ownership because then you don't have to buy out. I mean, I don't want you 85% having to buy him out after you've done this and slaved all these years. That doesn't, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a quick question on this. Do you guys want to be in the, in the feed business, the hardware business, or do you just want to own your own business? It's probably a combo of the two. I love the store and I grew up here and I love the people and I love serving the community and that, the community is a big part of it for me. And so it, we've, yeah, that's a good from question. the beginning, it's never been. Because none of this matters if you hate every store. day, but you don't hate exactly. every day. Exactly. No. Yeah, that, that's what I wanted to know first. And, and I think you're, Dave is absolutely right. I think you guys got to have a money conversation because I'm going to throw this out. I'm curious to know what Dave's going to say about this. I, 
it's not a guarantee that dad's going to walk away in 10 years either. It's hard for founders to walk away. So that to me also, that's why I asked that first question. Is it really worth it? And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that question is, Dave addressed it, is it worth it year in, year out? But I'm also asking, is it worth it 15 years from now? What could turn into 25 years? I just think think that's what he needs to give you in writing that he's done in 10 years. He gives you 5% a year and he pays you your percentage of ownership and profits every year. That's a fair deal. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. He would have to do that if if it was a third party coming in to interest them in taking it, Mm -hmm. managing it for him. To get a world-class manager that knows the community and cares as deeply as you do, he would have to pay that kind of money to get them. That makes sense. And um, this doesn't hurt him. He's he's in good shape. He's fine. Yeah, we need we need to work towards that. By the way, too, it, you need to add up all this stuff, and if it's worth more than twenty million dollars, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it is. But if it is, you guys need a detailed estate plan because the freaking federal government is going to come take some of it when he dies if you don't have a good estate plan. But a, a written game plan that you take over the store, uh, buy out the remaining ownership after ten years. And in the meantime, he gives you 5% a year. And in the meantime, your percentage of ownership gets paid out in profits every year on top of that. And you get paid your salary. That's a fair deal. That is not an unfair deal at all. Um, and it's a good way for him to not have to pay out cash right now. And it accomplishes his long-term goal, which is to hand off the store. So, yeah, it's, um, but if his only income is coming from this store, this is going to be scary for him. I think it is. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Very cool. So Ken makes a good point. Those of us that are founders, and I'm one of them, that found a business, as we've studied family business succession planning, um, the hardest move is from generation one to generation two. The founder handing off is very tough because they're all wrapped up in it. Those of us that are founders are hardheads. We're stubborn. We gutted it out. And we don't like to let go of stuff. We like to control stuff. And so it's very hard for us to hand off to the next generation. The most emotional handoff is Gen 1 to Gen 2. And the founder, it's, it's a, incumbent upon them to be a grown-up and to count on the next generation taking over. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, You can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSC. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Danelle is with us in Salt Lake City. Hi, Danelle. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? 
I have a little dilemma that we're trying to figure out what we need to do. I have a 2012 Hyundai Elantra, and it's got over 200,000 miles on it. Um, in around the end of October, I was backing up out of a parking spot, and a guy behind me backed into my car. And it didn't ruin my car, so I couldn't drive it, but his insurance totaled my car. And Great. So now, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're but, driving a hoopty, and you're getting a check. Yeah, I yeah I can get a check for it for yeah. sure. They will. I can get thirty seven forty five and keep it, and they'll, I'll have to get a salvage title. No, or they'll you don't want it. Forty five thirty eight. No, you take the full pay. Give them the car. Go get your car. Okay. Is if the car so was in good shape? If the car was in good shape and it's two hundred thousand mile. 2012 Elantra, what's it actually worth? Have you looked it up? Yeah, it's it's probably under five. Well, that's what they're giving you is under five. Yeah, yeah. I want you to make sure so, that what they're giving you is the actual value of the car. Well, the 45 is what they would give me, and that's what I've No, honey, they're going to give you the value of the car. That's the law. Okay. They may not so have I understood that yet. You may have to help them with that. Yeah. But they're supposed so to give to you the value of the car. They got the guy tore your car up. So um didn't take much to total this car, but it's okay. Cool. I'm glad. So I, I want you guys, uh, you said we, are you married? Uh-huh. Okay. You guys jump on the computer before you accept the offer and find out from Kelly Blue Book what the, pro, what the uh, retail value of that car is and enter it with 200,000 miles, no damage, and... um you know, your, the, the attributes of that car, the, the accessories it has and so forth. And, um, and then look on stuff like, uh, trader.com and find some that are for sale that look similar in mileage. And if you find out that car is worth 5,200, you call this insurance company up and say, uh, you need to pay me 5,200. And here's the appraisal from Kelly blue book. And here's three cars on total on trader.com that look the same. And they, they, all these things say 5,200, not 4,500. And the guy will go, okay. All right. Who's the insurance company? Bear, Bear river mutual. What? Say yeah, it again. They're the ones that say Bear it again. River. Bear river. That's the actual insurance company, not uh, they wrote Bear the River policy. Mutual. Do what? <laughs> Bear River Mutual. Okay, I just don't know that one. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, because I, I, sometimes I know the reputation. Like if it's State Farm, you can pretty much sure, be assured they're trying to screw you. Okay. Yeah. That's it's like their modus operandi. Okay. Jake, I've, I've been hit Jake by State, State Farm State people Farm? twice, and it's been a problem both times. Okay. <laughs> they're just a pain in the butt. And see, it yeah. cost it cost them a lot because I just said that. So. Um, but anyway, the, uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, just, just verify that the actual cost value of the car, I'm not trying to rip them off. I want them to pay you what you're due. That's all. Yeah. It's an honest Even transaction. With the ding in it, I'm sorry. I mean, with the ding in the car is no that- darling, there wasn't a ding in the car before he hit it. Oh, okay. Before he hit it, <laughs> what was the car worth? Yeah. Okay. Because right. that's what they so. owe you. That's the market value of the mm-hmm. car. Because you got to take the okay. cash and go buy that exact car on Trader.com from somebody else. That's what you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. That's what they should give so you. This is they should replace your car. No, you don't keep okay. your car. Okay. No. My other question for you then is. This car was almost dead before this guy put a bullet in it. Let it die. Yeah. 
It's true. It's true. <laughs> okay. So I have I have listened to you for years, and I just get sick to my stomach now thinking about even taking a loan out on a vehicle. Well, don't. We, Buy a $5,000 car. We have money put aside. Pardon? Buy a $5,000 car. Okay. You have okay. $5,000. You were driving okay. a $5,000 car before this happened. True. So it was doing, it was perfectly good with your life. Or mm-hmm. good enough for now. How much money do you have set aside? And is that earmarked for something else? Or was it for a car replacement? It's it's to go towards a car replacement. Well, how much you got? about 7000 7000 So then you, you have that, uh-huh. that, that's your car fund. Yep. Okay, well then you can buy a $12,000 car. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I just, my husband wants me to have a car that he knows we can depend on, and he's like, man, 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 man. Where was this oh, husband before you got hit in the parking lot? He was sitting next to me. I know. <laughs> I know, but you see what I'm saying. He wasn't he wasn't whining about you having something that was dependable when you're driving this five thousand dollar hoopty. Yeah. You were saving up to get out of the hoopty. Now you got you sold the hoopty. You just sold it to an insurance yeah. company. Yep, you're right. A lot of you're twelve thousand right. dollar cars that oh, you can rely excellent on. Excellent vehicles for A twelve lot. grand. Excellent. Yeah. A car that'll do yeah. any it'll do double backflips. You can get great cars for twelve grand. <laughs> Yes. Okay. The best value in the okay. market is ten to fifteen thousand. It's the best buy in the car market. Yeah. You get the most bang for your buck, and uh, it's a okay. great. You can get a great vehicle for that. That'll last you for a long time. Yes, 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 yes. There's no reason for you to go in debt, hon. It's just it, it was an event. Thank God nobody was hurt. It's a little parking lot ding, and it's just sad that your car, the parking lot ding. I never heard anybody got totaled in the part in the Kroger parking lot, but there you go. So bump, uh, uh, you're totaled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that. I was gonna say that was quite a uh, incident. He must have been on his way to the game with the wings and the chips and salsa. Nah, he was in a hurry. Something going on. Amber's in Spokane. Amber, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you. I just have a quick question. Actually, two part question. Um, I have an 18 year old son. He's still in high school. He will be 19 next year, graduating, and. He is planning on opening his own business. Doing what? With his landscaping. With oh. his own money. Good. He's not gonna he's very smart with money. Good. He doesn't have any debt. He mm-hmm. won't get a credit card. He mm-hmm. only uses what he has. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to explain to him the other day that he can do it with a zero credit score. And he and I I am also confused a little bit too, but I know it's possible. So he doesn't want to take out any loans. He's been then he doesn't need years. a credit score. So why do you need a credit score? Being, I think he's more worried about if something comes up where he has to borrow money. Borrow, borrow to yeah. If he has to get a bigger machine or well, that already is going to come up. A hundred percent of the people yeah. that buy machines buy too many of them. Well, he has a plan to buy used. And cash. And, and if something comes up, he'll buy cash. used and cash. He does not need a credit score. Okay. Do not use debt as your backstop in case of emergencies in business because you will live in debt the rest of your life. Because 100% of – there's three rules in business. It takes twice as long as you think. It costs twice as much as you think. And you're not the exception. Those are the three rules of business. The nice thing is, is that he understands all three of those rules, and he then he doesn't need a credit score. It. 
Okay. The other question is I have is how I've been trying to get him to listen to your show or or read your book or and he's 18. I'll give him that because he's just he's still in that mentality stage where he's 18. And is there something I don't want to push too hard so that he doesn't do it all together. But is there, I know you have a, have books and programs and stuff like that, but I, I've already bought those and he, he wasn't interested in it. Is it something that may come along later on when he's going through? I guess. Is this, I mean, it, okay. the only thing I can tell you is the only, only good I've ever been able to do with my kids once they turned 18 and beyond was I tried to try my best to not use my dad voice because once I do, they quit listening. I have to yes, use my persuasive uncle voice, like I'm their uncle that loves them and has no power, because I am that person that has no power once they're 18. So you've been using your mom voice. You need to listen to Dave. That won't work. He won't. He turned that off immediately. Use your friend voice, and maybe, maybe he'll pick it up. Probably not, but maybe he will. This is the Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. So interest rates on home mortgages are dropping. It's having a predictable effect. Just to give you a little history, the 30-year interest rates um, on the 11th of December were 7.1. Now they're 6.6. The high was 8%. So it's down almost 1.5% from the high. Uh, The 15-year on the 11th of December was 6.5. It's sitting right now at uh, 6.0. It's down a half a percent. The high was 7.35, so it's down 1.35 from the high. So interest rates on home mortgages dropping. uh, is about a 10% drop. And, uh, um, which equals about, you know, a little less than 1% drop, but not from the high from just the other day, um, which is $275 a month on a $400,000 house. Just to give you an idea, 1% is that's a change. So what we've seen since the day after Christmas is a huge increase in consumer demand for mortgages and agents. And we've also seen a similar increase in the number of pros real estate pros trying to become one of our ramsey trusted pros during that time so all of that means the real estate market's coming back to life after a really cold dark winter yeah it was pretty much sitting dormant and uh this little drop it's a one percent basically across the board uh since in, in a month that's a lot um and really one and a half percent since it is causing people that were sitting on the sidelines to come back into the market. Even some real estate agents that were kind of waiting. I, I'll just wait until spring before I go selling houses. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the flip you people are doing. But anyway, with the real Ramsey trusted pros are people that are people that sell, you know, hundred to 300 houses a year. They're, they're high octane, high protein real estate agents. They're not your uncle Charlie who got his license three weeks ago. Uh, and who wants to, and he gets his feelings hurt. If you don't list your $500,000 freaking house with a newbie, which would be the definition of dumb. 
Okay, so we don't we don't hire Uncle Charlie as one of our Ramsey mm. trusted pros. No. We get the the top people out there because real estate business is a business where people come in and out like a revolving door, depending on uh, how devoted they are to that as a career. But if you're devoted to it as a career and you're selling large volume, you didn't sit on the sidelines in the last three months while a lot of people did. That's exactly right. I mean, but what's really interesting about this, and, and you said this, we've talked about this on the show, you know, people were shocked by the increase in rates. And then the minute you start to see a little drop, you had people that were all pent up and now they're moving. Yeah. And so it's going to be very interesting to see. And, and you and explained it's an this election to me. year. Hello. It is. And you explained this to me uh, years ago. So I want to tee you up to talk about it because the Fed right now is is kind of hedging its bets. You, you see a lot of different news on it, but there's no guarantee that the Fed is going to actually drop rates. They said they're going to be in a holding pattern, but that doesn't mean they're going to drop. So we may stay where we are. But regardless, that's not what is going to drive the actual mortgage rate it's people it's the bond market and the whole bond, mortgages are sold as bonds exactly once they're packaged together and so the bond the the interest rate the prevailing interest rate on the bond market is the mortgage rate that's right period that drives the mortgage rate the fed has absolutely no direct connection to mortgage rates that's right uh, the fed rate is the rate that banks borrow money from each other it's the wholesale money rate in the industry that's all it is and so it is not a direct connection but it does you know, it, it does, uh, uh, you know, telescope out, right. You know, it, it telegraph out where we're going and it's not unusual with the fed raises rates. You're going to see that bond market raise rates. And when the bond market raises rates, your mortgage rates go up. So that that's, what's going on. But, um, uh, you know, uh, you got to think anything the Biden administration can do to put pressure on the fed to not do that. They're going to do because a, president that is in a very weak precarious political position add a bad economy to it and you got a hundred percent chance of non-reelection that's right there's a lot of speculation so on they're going to do everything yeah. they can to get rates down um and that's not politics that's just history uh, of politics so <laughs> yeah right good luck with that yeah good luck being a president and trying to get reelected in either party when the economy is bad in your watch good luck with that there's almost zero time that has happened like, I think it is zero. Do you have an opinion on if it will be a long time before we get back to the rates that we've had over the last five, ten no. years? No. Economists and weather forecasters are the only people that can be wrong all the time and keep their jobs. <laughs> I so, love it. You're like, I'm not touching that one. No, I have no idea. Because I, yeah, that's exactly I, right. I, I do that's, know this. I do know this. A hundred percent of the time, they go up and down. <laughs> and they've been up a while, so they're kind of due to come down. You know, it's really, I mean, that's. You know, it's 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 always going to go up. No, it's not. It's going to come back down. No, it's always going to go down. No, it's not. It's going to go back up. I mean, it's the same with the stock market. You know, it's like, it's going to move. About all we know is change is coming. That's a hundred percent prediction on change. And I I honestly think that anything that any political pressure that can be brought, any administrative pressure that can be brought to bring rates down is going to occur because, I mean, whoever's running the Biden administration is not they got to have a clue that even if someone else is running in the Democratic Party, they're not going to get in if he if they don't get this straightened out because the, the economic situation is dire with the inflation and with the high interest rates. you got true stagflation going on. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Milagros is with us in Charlotte. Hey, Milagros, how are you? Good afternoon. Good, how are you? Great. How can we help? Well, um... I am a new teacher. I worked my first year 
2023, and I recently discovered your show about two months ago. So I've changed my ways, uh, but I wanted to give you a little bit of background before I tell you what my end goal is by now. So I'm a first-generation student, uh, graduated in 2022, uh, so I had to take a lot of loans out and private loans as well to pay for school because I was decided to be the first one to graduate in my family. How much debt do you have, honey? um, So I have $8,000 of private loan that was originally $6,000 and is still growing, but I'm paying uh, monthly now with very high interest. How much debt do you have, honey? Uh, 28 federal student loans. Nineteen thousand a car, five thousand credit card, mm-hmm. and that's it. Okay. Are you ready to stop borrowing money? Because you've been borrowing on everything in sight. Yeah, I yeah. got a second job, and now I'm paying with that second. Job what are you getting paid second. as a first year teacher in North Carolina? Thirty eight. Yeah, and you got a nineteen thousand dollar car you can't afford. Right. You got student loans coming out your ears. You bought a car way too expensive. I know yeah. that was the first mistake that I made after yeah. graduating because I thought I was a big girl, big girl job, and I could afford a car. But now I'm paying it every month. Yep. And yeah, yeah. Now you got big girl problems. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's so. get rid of it. Let's sell the car and get you a cheap one. <sighs> yeah, I've I've tried to, but I'm scared. Like no one's gonna buy it. And well, how I would we know? Talk. We've not tried. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the path see, that, I listen, a, listen, the definition okay. of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over again, expect a different result. You've been borrowing on school and justified that. You borrowed on a car and justified that. You borrowed on a steak dinner and put it on a credit card and justified that. Some point, you got to quit borrowing and justifying. At some point, you got to say, this is stupid, and I'm going to go back to ground zero and start building my life. I make $34,000 a year. I'm a first-round teacher, and I'm going to pick up tutoring jobs on the side and double my income and get these stupid student loans and credit cards out of my life. Cut up the credit cards tonight and sell the car this week. Time to take radical action, kiddo. If you want to win, that's how you do it. And I'm trying to shock you and break you loose here. Because how you grew up has nothing to do with student loans. It's because you didn't work while you were in school. That's why you have student loans. Because you could have worked your way through. A bunch of people do every day right now. So it's okay. I'm not mad at you. But don't walk around justifying this. Get it cleaned up now because it's between you and becoming wealthy. This is The Ramsey Show.